0: From Southern California. This is the Jim Rome Show.
1: It is finally over. I think. Probably. Yeah, I don't mean the Broncos coaching search, which finally ended, or the Texans coaching search, which not a whole lot of people really cared about anyway. That's over. Those things are definitely over. However, they both got badly upstaged this morning because this morning Tom Brady finally figured out what the bleep he was going to do. Jim, if I knew what I was going to do, I'd have already done it. Well, Dom, it sounds like you finally know what you're going to bleep and do. Because this morning, Bacon45 announced his retirement via a 53-second video, which he tweeted from the beach. And yes, he actually used the word retire this time.
2: for supporting me, my family, my friends, my teammates, my competitors—I uh, could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all.
1: Love you too, Bake. What about the coaches? He thanked everybody but the coaches. Either way, there is no more geriatric goat. There will be no Bacon 46. And it actually does feel real this time. He even says retiring, quote, for good. As in, this is not a bit like last year. This one is for life. For life. 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 Now, I think certainly it's natural to be skeptical It's been exactly 365 days since he last, quote, retired. But a lot has gone down in the 365 days since he last retired. I mean, he finally had a physical drop-off this year. He finally had a season under 500 this year. He got humiliated in the playoffs. He got divorced. He got caught up in a catastrophic crypto scheme. And he lost half his face. All of which is why this announcement feels a little bit different. In fact, quite a bit different from the one exactly one year ago today. Now, what I'm not buying is that he just woke up this morning and thought, you know what? Today's a good day for it. I think I'll just take a little stroll down the beach, break out the phone, turn it around and like, whoa, It just hit me like a ton of bricks. Today is the day. I'm going to hit record. You know, like he was just watching the waves roll in, hearing them crash against the shore, seeing the sun peek through the clouds, smelling the salty breeze, and it finally did hit him. Hey, man, I am washed. So then he plopped down in the sand and recorded a spontaneous video and then just hit send. Yeah, that. That, along with a carefully curated 50 photo Instagram story with highlights from his career. But you know, it was all just so spontaneous. He just woke up this morning and thought, today's the day. Probably not how that went down. But the thought process here is pretty interesting, right? Just yesterday, we were talking about Frisco being a potential perfect landing spot for him, a potentially perfect opportunity for one last ride. Hate to break it to you. Frisco fan. A Frisco fan. Frisco fan. Somehow now you're down to yet another option at quarterback, or you thought you were. Pass the QB on the left-hand side. Bacon 45 is no longer available. You still need a QB one, but it's not going to be all bacon face to save the day, brah. He's not available then again, who knows if that Frisco door was even open to begin with? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't, and since Miami is not a possibility either, apparently, maybe he didn't see any situation worth grinding out another season for. Or maybe, and again, it's all speculation. I'm just trying to figure it out myself. Maybe it didn't matter how good any situation was, there was no situation better this time, call me crazy, no football situation better this time, no football family better this time than his actual family. In other words, maybe he finally did choose family over football. You know, the very thing that he said he was going to do a year ago. Only to change his mind 40 days later and then watch his marriage go up in flames. Maybe he really is picking family or what's left of his family over football. Or I don't know, maybe he finally just lost the will to prepare. Maybe he just can't be all in, all day, every day, no days off anymore. Maybe he got sick of avocado ice cream being his cheat meal. Maybe he wanted to finally mix in a strawberry or a tomato. I don't know. I'll say this, whatever it is. It's pretty hard to fathom and pretty hard to imagine an NFL without this cat. 23 seasons is ludicrous. I mean, this dude is as much a part of the fabric of the game right now as yardsticks and pylons and yellow flags. When his career started, games were televised in standard def. Teams were still playing on AstroTurf. turf wasn't even a thing yet. And the entire sport has evolved and expanded and exploded since he broke in. And yes, he obviously had a huge part in all that. So there's no way around it. Not having Bacon46 next year is going to be a pretty weird thing. It's going to be a really different thing. It's hard to imagine watching that game and that sport without this guy in it. But again, I have to say, it does feel legit this time. Because there's no way this guy would have picked football over family last year if he had any idea how crappy a season he was going to have. So why risk having another crappy season dinging your legacy even further, and more importantly, potentially taking a wrecking ball to what's left of your family. I could see whereby he would not want to do that. So the announcement was cheesy. It was contrived, but I actually do believe it. I believe that he believed what he was saying. So I'm not here to bag on him. I'm not here to bag on him for rolling down to the beach and turning his phone around on himself. That's fine that's fine, I get it, I believe him, it's fine. I mean, in a way, it could have been even better. It could have been better, for instance, if he made that announcement, and again, his announcement, he should be able to do it any way he wants, even though he made the same announcement last year and took it back 40 days later. But it is his announcement. Make it any way you want, but personally... I think the announcement would have been even better if he were bumping footloose underneath it. I mean, if you think about this, if you were moved by that announcement the way it was, think how much more powerful and emotional it would have been if it sounded like this.
2: Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time. So when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. So uh, I won't be long winded if you only get one super-
1: Dusty up Emotional
2: retirement essay and I used mine up last year. So I uh, really thank you guys so much to every single one of you for supporting me, my family, my friends, teammates my competitors uh, I could go on forever there's too many um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream I would not change a thing love you all
1: love you too fake it's like half hype retirement video half tearjerker hey now are you craving some protein after a good workout of course Can I tell you, I'm starving after every workout. So, this time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender. And it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And Old Trapper is a family-owned business that takes smoked beef extremely seriously. And you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried out? Rough beef in a bag. Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, is sweetened with a touch of brown sugar goodness. Teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy for those who like to take things up a notch. So next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see exactly what you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what is your beef? Wouldn't that have been great if Kenny Loggins walked right by him or alongside him on the beach? He'd be like, Kenny Loggins, dude. It's a sign from above. What are you doing here, bro? Hey, you got a couple minutes? I think I want to announce my retirement. Hey, did you bring your guitar? Is the rest of the band here? Is the band here? It's a sign from above. It's time. Let's do this, Kenny Loggins. you got it, Kevin Bacon or Tom Brady. All right, so what's next? What now? I would imagine it's much easier to retire when you know what you're retiring to. Namely, an incredible broadcast job that's going to pay him a reported 37.5 mil per. Or will it? Like, I don't know if Tom Brady has been paying attention or not, but the guy who's sitting in that chair right now is already a broadcast star. Greg Olson. Already a broadcast star. Not pretty good at it. Not pretty interesting. Already a broadcast star. In fact, maybe that's another reason why Bacon45 decided to shut it down and go home right now. Because if you give Olsen another full year in that seat, there's no way Brady gets that gig. The gig that he thinks that he was promised. Like, I don't know what kind of contract they have. I don't know whether or not they can get out of that contract. But there is no way Olsen does that for another year, and then Brady steps right in and takes that gig. Because I can promise you this. Even with work, and even as meticulous and obsessed as Brady is with work and prep. I'm here to tell you, he will never, ever be as good of a broadcaster as Greg Olson already is. I don't care how much time you give him. He will never be that good. Like, what happens if Brady's next call to Fox is, Hey, yo, I don't know if you saw it, but I retired on the beach, so I'm ready to go. What should I be doing to get ready for the broadcast gig? I am ready to get it. Let's go. And what if Fox says, yeah, about that, Tom? We're ripping our offer. Olsen is our dude. He's already arguably the best in the business. And then Brady hangs up the phone, and the next call he makes is to Kyle Shanahan. And then the lobster junior says, uh, please hold. And then he calls Josh McDaniels. Just kidding. Sort of. Not really. Hey, I'm telling you, Fox, they best not think about ripping Olsen from the Super Bowl broadcast booth and putting Brady in there. That would be disastrous. Nearly as disastrous as an idea is that 84 Brady movie. Brady had to be like, man, I know I'm old. I I can even get to a point where I admit I'm washed. But am I really this old and this washed? Is this really my demographic? Great, great grandmas. I always say that no one ever gets to go out on their own terms. And it's better to go out a little too early than to stay a little too long. And Brady may have stayed a little bit too long. But at least he's going to stop the bleeding right now before he has any more sub-500 seasons and they make any more movies about 90-year-olds thirsting for him. If you really are retiring and it really is to be with your family and you're not coming back in 40 more days, and when Fox tells you you've already been replaced, good job, good effort, Bake, good good effort. well done. Listen, the fact of the matter is nobody has ever gotten more out of what they had to work with and had a more decorated career than you did, Bake. You deserve all of our respect. You deserve all of our admiration. And if this really is retirement, good for you. But this time, stay retired. I mean, I'll admit it. Love you all. I love you too, Bake. All jokes aside, it's a sad day. It's a really sad day. Even as a member of the media, I have to say it's a sad day. Seeing a legend retire... From something that he loves so much. It's hard to grasp. It's hard to accept. Just knowing that you can no longer do. What you've done your entire life. What you've done. At an elite level. At a high level. At the highest level of all. Nobody has ever done it better. It's going to create some. Depression. Depression. Even despondency. For him, for me, for you, are we not all kind of bummed? I mean, what a freaking legend. Iron Man. And you know what? His concert was on my bucket list. Concerts? You heard me. Concerts. Talking about Ozzy Osbourne, yo. Ozzy tweeted he is officially done touring. He's officially done with live concerts. Man, what a bum out. Never got to see Ozzy on stage. Never got to see him bite a live bat's head off on stage. Man, you think I'm tripping over TV's retirement? If you think I'm devastated by this, then you're on the crazy train. You want to think about what's rattling on? You want to think about what's rattling on in my head? Super Bowl week. Tom Brady talk. Man, the whole damn thing's got me paranoid. I can't believe he's gone. It's such a great song. I never got to see Ozzy live. I never got to see him actually bite a bat's head off live. I never (laughs) saw him get down on his knees and snort a line of ants off a popsicle stick either. (laughs) Rough day. I am really sad. He apparently is not in the best of health. Yeah, I would imagine not. How healthy can you be if you're down on your knees jonesing so hard that you're snorting ants off popsicle sticks? True story. Allegedly. Anyway, your thoughts. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents, that that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify, and the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos. Flaky salt or fine art prints. All sorts of categories. Fashion, home and garden, health and beauty. Essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, it even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com rome R-O-M-E, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash Rome to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Jamie Dixon is my guest. Jamie, it's good to have you back. How are you? Good.
3: We're doing good. We had a good win in the uh, frozen tundra of uh, Fort Worth. We can't drive here because
1: we don't know how to handle
3: handle ice. So, uh uh, all students, no, uh, no fans able to come in. So it was an interesting night last night.
1: Really interesting. In fact, I want to talk to you about that. That is a nice, nice win. You know, before we talk more about that, I want to ask about the conference overall. You get that win over West Virginia. But when you think about this, I mean, you've been in through some real conference battles throughout your entire career, going back to your days in the Big East at Pitt. You currently have a half a dozen teams, Jamie, in the conference, ranked in the top 25. So how competitive is the Big 12 this year, top to bottom?
3: Well, it's it's the best I've ever been in, and, and like you said, Jim, I was in the Big East when it was at its best. Then we went to the ACC with Syracuse and Louisville and Notre Dame, and that became the best. And then I come here uh, thinking maybe it's going to be a, a step down, and it's just elevated at this Big Twelve. I mean, it's gotten better every year, and this is the best one. And I, and it's the best one because of the. We don't have a bad team. I mean, uh, uh, West Virginia, I think, was one of the bottom teams, and they're twenty-five in the net, if I if I have that right. So, um, uh, uh, it, it's amazing how good it is, how deep it is, how old it is, and um, you know, we've proven it, you know, in the non-conference and uh, even in this SEC challenge this past
1: weekend. Talking to Jamie Dixon, Jamie, obviously, there is so much work still to be done, and so much basketball to be played. Given where things are right now, has anybody in that conference created any real separation from anybody else? In other words, you've got a number of teams tied for second place, including yeah. you. Texas is on top, but not by much. I mean, yeah. who is the team to beat right now?
3: I, you know, I, I said when the start of conference, it's like, I don't know how you pick a team to win it. I don't know how you pick a team to be last in our conference when we started out. It's just uh, what we had done in a non-conference, knowing all the guys coming back and all the players that how old and experienced every team was, uh, you know, a lot of transfers that this league does, you know, seems to do really well uh, picking up in the off season. And uh, uh, I just, I couldn't pick one. I really couldn't. And uh, in Texas has got the one game lead on, you know, three or four of us, I think. And um, I, I don't, we, you know, we lost a heartbreaker there. We had a big lead and we'll get them again in our place, but um, they're good. They're the most experienced team I probably had them as the most talented team coming into the year and the oldest but um, you know I think uh, I think it's wide open it's wide open and uh, it makes it fun it makes it exciting
1: it's great TCU head basketball coach Jamie Dixon is my guest you talked about how tough it was just to get there last night how pleased Jamie were you with the fact that you went in there and you were undermanned so to speak you went right. without your leading scorer Mike Miles Jr. he's out with the hyperextended knee right now how pleased were you with the way your guys were able to gut that game out
3: well, I was very excited how our guards played. Shotty Wells uh, in the starting spot again played really well at 17, and uh, Kobe and Cole's came off the bench. Our bench was really good. You know, Eddie gave us some minutes. Eddie Lampton, he's been out for about three games. Uh, he, he just played five or six minutes, but he battled and gave us everything he could. We just need another body out there, and uh, he surprised me by you know, wanting to play before the game. He said he wanted to give it a, give it a go, and he felt better. So. But uh, he didn't look the same as you might expect. But uh, yeah, it was like you said; it was just stepping up. We obviously we were three players short in our last game before that, and uh, it was just good to get one and Eddie back out there. Mike's gonna be out another—I uh, don't know. We'll, we'll see another week or so, but, uh, we'll see. But um, he's getting better; felt better last night, and and it was good to see the other guys step up. Jacoby Cole's, like I said, and and uh, Xavier Corks, the one that had some highlight highlight real dunks that. Uh, uh, really good to see him step up.
1: So, Jimmy, you answered two questions. I was going to say, what is the timetable for Miles Return? You answered that. I was going to say, how much of a surprise was it that the big fella showed up last night? And you <laughs> answered that, too. Let me ask you this. I know, again, there's a lot of work to be done, but I'm thinking about, you talked about the heartbreaking loss to Texas, but I'm thinking about that big, big win that you had January 21st where you went into Kansas and destroyed the then second-ranked Jayhawks. Not many teams go into Allen Fieldhouse and put a 23-point beating on them. What was your biggest takeaway from your team's effort that night?
3: Well, we responded. We came off a road loss and we went straight to Lawrence and uh, uh, got ourselves together and and, uh, fixed some things and, and addressed the issues and and, and responded in a, in a, in a huge way, and, and I responded too by getting our bench. I had taken the blame for the game previous where we didn't use our bench well enough, and uh, that was that was key. We're deep and we've got a lot of guys, uh, and it's our strength. And so I think that's why we were able to do it, and I think it's why we we're able to fight through so many different um, injuries that we've had. You know, our first ten games, we started ten different lineups, and not because I didn't know what to do; I didn't know what I was going to have each day. And uh, so we've kind of just been evolving. I think this team's going to be really, really good if we get the whole group out there. Um, we've shown mo- moments, and um, but I think we get Mike back out there and everybody healthy. I think we could be as good as anybody.
1: Jamie Dixon joining us to that point. I mean, we're now to the month of February, so I don't think it's too early to start thinking about March. If the conference is wide open, how wide open do you think the NCAA tournament is overall? Realistically, if I were to say to you, give me a number, Jamie, give me a number of legitimate teams that would have a legitimate chance at winning it all, what would you say?
3: You know, I, I think I think there's – I know there's six. <laughs> whatever six get to the tournament in our league are going to be uh, legitimate. I mean, I, I, you know, we've had the t- uh, NCAA tournament champion the last couple of years and probably the third year in the COVID year. Uh, Kansas was, was really – uh ready to to win the thing again so um we've we've if you get through this thing you're gonna be in the running and um you know there's there's a lot there's i guess there's the teams are so old they're they're so experienced basketball's good i mean like college basketball with with, with these older kids and um the the leagues the, the the product is good i mean people need to enjoy it and yeah we got some kids going one and done, but we've got kids that are in there you know four fifty years that are just made college basketball, and, you know, we're getting transfers that are fifth-year guys from mid-major schools that play a lot of minutes, and, you know, they're good basketball players when they're 22, 23, 24 years old. So it's – I tell you what, I'd say 20 teams uh, as good as anybody, and um, I don't think there's anybody running away with it. Purdue's done some special things, but uh, um, we'll see if they can. they got a young group, so it's a little unique in that way.
1: I love it. I love how wide open it is. Jamie Dixon joins yeah. me for a few more moments. Jamie, what's it like at home right now? You're 11-2 and two there. What's the energy been like in your building this season? And then how pleased are you knowing the support you're going to get every single night in Fort Worth and how tough it's going to be for the opposition to come into your house?
3: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, it started, you know, it started obviously we got here and that's uh, the crowd's been great, but even we just opened up more students in our seat, in our in the stadium. We gave more seats, and uh, I think yesterday they said we had three thousand students, and we only have ten thousand that go here. So uh, to get thirty percent, where you couldn't uh, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't drive, it was it was uh, it was great to see. It's uh, uh, almost like the Thunderdome back in the days. I mean, we, we we're trying to get it, uh, trying to get it like that, putting the students right on top of you.
1: My guy, I, I do my best not to always go to that when I talk to you, but you know, Jamie, when you look at the career you've had, the life you've had in the sport of basketball, we're talking about UC Santa Barbara, for those who don't know, you were there, like the formative years, do you, for all the success that you've had on a national level, how much do those days mean to you, the days back? Uh, in the I mean,
3: it's, I mean, well, I was just talking to Ben Howland, uh, he told me to say hi, I told him I was coming on your show, love it. We were just talking this morning, we talk every day, and, uh, He's retired up in Santa Barbara, looking at the ocean and uh, enjoying it. And um, but you know, hey, you're you're the guys. Uh, it's it's. Uh, I remember starting out in Valley College in in LA, and and uh, that's you know just what I wanted to be. Is just coach a, a junior college and, uh, and and just coach a team, be a part of getting team, getting guys coming together and making them better each day. And uh, I just I just love the the competition of it. So. Uh, I've just been great places: Santa Barbara, Hawaii, you know, Pittsburgh, Fort Worth—all different, uh, but uh, great places. And uh, it's uh, it's another added benefit of doing what we get to do.
1: Jamie, did you just say you talk to Ben every single day?
3: <laughs> pretty close. It's like we're still—I'd say pretty close. Our families are so tight. I mean, uh, you know, we we were just yeah. I mean, we we pretty much talk every day.
1: So he, but I, I mean, mean, Ben, go ahead, Jamie.
3: Hey, I mean, we just you know, he's. He's the guy that got me started, I and mean, he recruited me out of high school. That's part of it. But he's the guy that got me on board at Santa Barbara, and we just, uh, uh, you know, I ask him, continue to ask him for advice, and get his. Uh, he gives me his, or he watched the game last night and tells me what he thought.
1: You know, it's really something, Jamie. I'll never forget, like, because it's so personal to us, seeing how well you've done. And I'll never forget, when I saw Ben at the Final Four before he got the UCLA job, It's just, it was one of the most surreal things ever, right? Because I knew Ben, and I knew Ben when he couldn't get an interview, and then he went to Northern Arizona. And the next thing you know, Ben is the coach at UCLA, a program that he idolized and worshipped for so long. Like, how is Ben in retirement? Is he liking it? Is he kind of chill? Or is he having a hard time because he's Ben and he's so fierce?
3: Yeah, we will. His uh, Meredith, his daughter, we, we, we joked about that too. What's what's been like in retirement? So I haven't had to see as much of it because I've been in the middle of it. But uh, I know he's uh, going. He's been going to games. He's going to high school games. Going to see his friends. You know, he, he grew up in Santa Barbara, so he's got a, he's got a lot of friends to see. And uh, um, but yeah, retirement uh, uh, for some guys is going to be uh, different. And, and uh, he, he's he's full of energy, as you know.
1: Hey, Jamie, I don't want to start anything. One last thought, though. I'm just kind of curious. Like, is he coming around the program? Is he embracing that? Is he embraced? How's he approaching the Gauchos?
3: Oh yeah, he's there. He's there all the time. You know, Coach Pim does the radio. Jerry Pim is doing the radio still. And
1: uh, <laughs> incredible. Um,
3: he sends me some texts, and then uh, Ben, uh, goes down there and watches the game, they're doing well. They're the top of the league, and so uh, he's uh, he's been doing a lot of basketball. Hey, so Jamie, he's on been there, down,
1: you know, real right quick, way. I'll never forget Jamie. I told when yeah. I was doing the. the Jerry Pym's show, we had Tom Chambers, and he was so proud to get Tom Chambers on. And I accidentally erased the interview. And I had to tell the Pimmer, I said, Coach, I had to tell you this. I bulked the tape. I erased the interview. And he looked at me, because you know, Chambers was his guy. He's like, You didn't. I said, I did, coach. It was awkward. It was very awkward. Starting out,
3: uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know,
1: I'm glad you can appreciate that. Jamie, listen, really great to have you on the show. Great win last night. Great to talk to you. Always good to get caught up, man. Proud of you and always good to have you, Jamie. Thanks so much. Thanks. Proud of you, guys. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Don't make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clear View bag. You can see the quality you are buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And if you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? In no cow. Victor, what's up?
4: Yo, I can't call it, man. Just keeping it 100. Yo, Ron, what's up, man? I've been using this uh, brief low in the NFL playoff action to check out some of your back catalog of podcasts. I listened to the one with Ben Newman, and I've got beef, man. My beef is these motivational gurus. You know, these peak performance guys who are like, I wake up at 4 in the morning. The secret to enjoying life is to always... Vic. It's 3 in the morning. It's like they're always trying to one-up each other, you know? Dude, Ben Newman literally said that he wakes up at 2 in the morning. Come on, man. Stop lying. You're not waking up at 2. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah? Well, 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 I wake up at at 2 in the morning. And I don't even own a bed. I just sleep on a cold tile floor. Oh, yeah? Well... Well, I wake up at, at 1.40 in the morning, and my house doesn't even have a water heater or electricity. I just do everything with cold water and candlelight. Yeah, well, well, I don't even sleep. I just take a one-hour nap. And I wrote a book called The Power of Two More. It's just like your book, only twice as good. <laughs> these guys, man, these, these self-help guys, they just absolutely kill me. Like this Jocko character. Oh, my God, this Jocko. Jocko Wilberter or whatever. You know, I started following this guy on social media based on your recommendation, Rome. The problem is his Twitter is horrible. Look, I get it, okay? I get it. I get it. Jocko is the ultimate badass. I mean, his pinky finger alone has killed, like, 37 men. Uh, You know, when Jocko turned 18 and he left home to join the Navy, He pulled his father aside, and he said to him, Dad, now it's your turn to be the man of the house. Look, I get all that, okay? But for God's sake, man, how many pictures of sweaty yoga mats and digital alarm clocks that say, 3.30 a.m. can one man tweet? I mean, I haven't checked this page in like a month, but I guarantee you if you go there right now, it's nothing but sweaty yoga mats and alarm clocks. Damn it, man. Mix it up, Jocko. Mix it up. Oh, and by the way, Rome, you gotta love that the guy's name is Jocko, right? Because that's so perfect. Okay, you'll notice his name is not Ingeniero. It's not Road Scholar. Oh, no, it's Jocko. Jocko. Can you just picture this guy waking up every morning at 4 a.m. or whenever the hell he wakes up, like, ooh, Jocko, tired.
1: All right, Vic, that's enough. You made your point. I I couldn't agree with it less. A A lot of what you said is not even, like, true. First of all, he gets up at 4.30. Not 3.30. Ben Newman actually does get up at 2.30. How do I know this? Because I've been in different time zones, and he's communicated with me at 2.30 local time. I know that guy gets up at 2.30. Dude, let let me guess. The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome is not your deal. Man, that is music. That is absolute music to my ears. You should know by now exactly what that sound represents. That that is the very best kind of notification you could ever hear. It is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And the moment that another business dream has become a reality. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. It doesn't even matter what you're selling. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. I mean anything. Succulents or stilettos, flaky salt or fine art prints, all sorts of categories, fashion, home and garden, health and beauty, essentially anything. Shopify covers every sales channel, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24/7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up right now for a one-dollar-per-month trial period at Shopify.com/rome. R-O-M-E, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash we to take go your business again. to the next level today. Shopify.com slash E. I'm gonna read this as it's written. Quote Why in the hell would Sean Payton want to coach a five foot eleven, thirty-five-year-old stale cake when he could have waited a year and maybe gotten the chance to coach a six-six 25-year-old ice cream cake. Dean Spandex should have grown a pair and fired Brandon Stale breath this year. Now who is out there that is good enough to coach Sugar Plum Muffin Kitten? I would take the job, but I don't know jack about coaching. I only know lusting. Sign Kathleen in Omaha. Listen, there's got to be a fake Kathleen or a lot of them because there's no way she's as good at being Kathleen as this fake Kathleen is. Dude, is there not a handle or a timestamp or a way to find out who this is? There's no way it's her. Chuck, pick me up real quick. Because if this is in fact her, she's actually improving. She's getting better at being her. Chuck, can you document where that came from? Is this a fake Kathleen or is this the actual Kathleen? I mean, I'm definitely suspicious, but I think it's the actual Kathleen because it came via an email. And the same email she sent in her top 175 singers list on also that I – Talked with her on the phone about, so I know that was her. I, I think it's her. Did somebody? I, I don't want to be this guy, but could somebody have hacked into her account to become a fake Kathleen? Believe me, there are idiots with too much time on their hands. It seems possible because I mean, her content is almost as strong as her thirst at this point. And I never thought that possible. She's like, volume she's get, shooting dude, too. She's getting better. Yeah, she is. And, and last we heard, she didn't even have internet at home. That's why it's interesting that all of a sudden she's emailing multiple times every day. She used to have to go to the library to send us anything. Okay, that's a tell. That's a red flag. Yeah, a little bit. Did she find money, or, or is she is she going James Kelly and pirating things? i have to ask her when she calls up tomorrow for the beef. All right. Keep that in mind. That's Because that's her best content yet. You know, for so long, she would just come on and get all flustered and and puke up a few ice cream cakes, not say hello... Muffin this, carrot cake that. But all of a sudden now, like, she's coherent. And like her lust, her lust is lucid. Ah, I like that. You see what I just did there? All of a sudden now, her lust is lucid. It's coherent. It's improving. Very few people improve. She is. Which makes me wonder whether or not there's a fake... But Chalk just said this submission came from the same email address as the 175 list. Who in their right mind would list 175 of the top beefcakes in Rock? But Thirsty Kathleen. I don't know. If it's a fake, it is so good. It is so good. You know how you normally say the fake is better than the original, and it's not? If this is a fake, this is so much better than the original. And if it's not a fake, bravo, methylene. Bravo. That that is such an amazing email. Why in the hell would Sean Payton want to coach a 5 foot 11? You know why, Kathleen? Because he's not there to date the quarterback. He's not lusting after the quarterback. Let's go to the phones. There she is. I like it, man. It's like the the Kathleen signal went out to the sky. Here she is. Let's go to Omaha. Hey, Kathleen, you have to actually have a conversation with me. Hello, Kathleen. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. Say it. Say it. Hi, Jim. Hey. Hey, call me by my name.
5: It's me. It really is. Yeah, I normally would from the library. Kathleen, Kathleen, read it back year.
1: to me. Kathleen, read it back uh-huh. to me. What do you, Read it back to me. What did you send me?
5: Oh, uh, why did Sean Payton want to coach a 35-year-old stale cake when he could wait a year and coach a 6 25-year-old ice cream cake? It's like, come on, it was me. My cousin, he bought me a phone last year. That's why.
1: So your thumb. Of so more often. So okay. So that's why you're you're participating more and more because you have a phone now that your cousin bought you. Yes. I like it. I like it. So it really is you. It's not a fake you.
5: Yes, it is. No, it really is me.
1: Okay. So what kind of phone did he buy you?
5: Uh, Samsung Gal- Galaxy Galaxy or whatever it's called.
1: Whatever it is. All right. Is he paying the bill for it, too, or are you covering that?
5: No, I have to. Okay. He just bought it for me, but I have to pay for it each month myself.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Kathleen. At least he bought you the phone. <laughs> Sorry you got to pay for it, too. But but I'm glad.
5: It's <laughs> Not that hard, but he he did it for me. And did- so I've been... It's mine, no. Okay, good. All right, good.
1: I I buy it. I accept it. It really is you. I thought it was a fake you because, no offense, Kathleen, I didn't think you were as good at being you as the fake you was at being you, (laughs) but this really is you. I believe Uh you. I believe you. Yeah. You're just getting better at being you. You are becoming your best version of you, Kathleen. Good job. Good job. Talk to you tomorrow when you have something to beef about. Probably a sugar plum muffin kitten. All right. Bye, Kathleen. <laughs> Goodbye, Kathleen. No, she didn't say hello to me still. I like, hey, no, I have to pay the bill. Oh, you have to pay the bill. Your cousin bought you the phone, Kathleen. You get to pay the bill. You don't have to pay the bill. She is getting better, though. And not only is she thirsty and lusty, she's angry. I like that. I like mad thirst. That really was her. She nailed half that call. Vengeful thirst, angry thirst. I don't want to say violent thirst because that's not good. But it's vengeful. Like she she can't believe that Sean Payton would coach a quote 5 foot 11 35-year-old stale cake when he could have waited a year and maybe gotten the chance to coach a 6-6 25-year-old ice cream cake. I like how CringeWrist is stale cake, but Justin Herbert is ice cream cake. Only Kathleen could describe quarterbacks as such. All right, I got to get out. Eric Allen, Eric, it is great to have you on, my man. How you doing?
0: <laughs> it's been a long time, Jim, man. Pleasure to be on and uh Hope you and your family are well.
1: You too, EA. It's great to hear your voice. Great to have you on. Lots to cover, but why don't we start with the breaking news of the day? Tom Brady, of course, announces retirement via social media. Eric, this morning, what is your reaction to that big story?
0: Well, first of all, it's such an outstanding, legendary player, and I guess that means I'm not going to get the call to play nickel anymore because he was my last bastion. You know, of course, played in the uh, Tuck Rule game and. And just uh, right from the start, if we could kind of go back, the week preparing for him uh, was a little different. Obviously, I'm in year fourteen. He's a young guy, not supposed to really be there, was supposed to be uh, bled so. But the one thing that really stuck out early on was his accuracy. And of course, he didn't know you know everything that was going on defensively. But he just really had a great presence about him when we were studying film on him. And just he was always putting the ball in the right spot. So at the time, obviously, his receivers weren't the caliber of later years. But his slot guy was Troy Brown. And Troy was just a really good route runner, very intelligent player who worked inside out. And I noticed, like, if you had coverage on outside leverage – Brady would put it on the inside. If you were inside, he put it outside. And, uh, just his accuracy and his, what I call his defensive mentality. And I think that separated him from his contemporaries and everyone else, just as Will to win and and that great leadership he has.
1: I think that's outstanding. When I say to somebody, hey, can I get your reaction, and you start with an anecdote and that kind of analysis, that is the absolute (laughs) best. Eric Allen joining us. I appreciate it. So when I got my first start in TV, Eric, for whatever reason, we had a really good relationship with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I had countless sit-down interviews with Eagle players, yourself included, and I was always struck by this. I'd never in my life, Eric, seen an NFL coach – as beloved by his players or inspire the kind of loyalty that Buddy Ryan did? And to this day, I'm not even sure I have since, what was it that made Buddy so different and why did guys love him so much?
0: Yeah, man, that, that, that's just a great point. And when you first get to the league, you have a great understanding of, you know, the pecking order. So I roll into Philadelphia and the first guy I see is Reggie White. And Buddy made sure that his defensive players, because he came from that great 85 Bears team, they won with, of course, uh, aging Walter Payton, but it was really all about that defense and the, uh, the ability of that defense to get after the quarterback and all those great stars defensively on that football team. And he wanted to recreate that in Philly. He thought that uh, Coach Dicka gave so much praise to the offense that it was important for players – media to understand that defense wins championships and you have to treasure and and treat your defense like they are, you know, stars of the team. So when we would get interviewed, it would be Reggie White. It would be Jerome Brown. Later on, Seth Joyner, myself. And again, you know, you have guys like Wes Hopkins and dearly departed Andre Waters. So that defense was full of characters. He allowed us to be ourselves. And sometimes (laughs) what's funny is defensively, we would sit in the front of the plane. And you usually see the offensive <laughs> guy sitting it's in the, the front best. of the plane when you're going on trips. But yeah, <laughs> Buddy would have us in the front of the plane. All meetings were designed around defense opposed to offense. And uh, at half times, you know, we would make so many adjustments at half times to get ready for whether it be Joe Montana in the 49ers or Jim Kelly in the Bills. Offensively, it was like, okay, get the ball to Randall on third down. We'll be okay.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> we, we love
0: Buddy. And, uh, we, we tried to give, give everything to Buddy and just, uh, his, his pride, all the coaches he had defensively. He challenged them. They were all great coordinators, uh, going forward. So yes, Buddy had a great deal. Of, of love for the deep society of ball. Former
1: NFL great Eric Allen is joining us. Eric, you mentioned a couple of guys that I actually was going to get to because, again, I sat with these guys or some of these guys. I mean, of course, I was going to mention Reggie White first because when you think about those great defenses, <laughs> Reggie comes to mind. Yeah. But I was going to say, Eric, anybody who ever knew or played with speaks of Jerome Brown with incredible yeah. reverence. I think there are people listening that don't know about him, don't remember, maybe never knew. What was he like as a player yeah. and a teammate? What made him so special
0: uh, first of all I think everyone who loves football particularly college football has an understanding of Miami and what they used to be well Jerome Brown was the number one guy who started all that coming off the plane a national champion with ship with fatigues on off the airplane and just the immense love that his teammates at Miami had so he comes up to Philadelphia and he's not a muscular guy. You know, you're, not, you're not seeing Jerome Brown and thinking, you know, Aaron Donald. But his explosiveness, his intelligence, his high IQ, and just the ability to be able to dominate guard, center, tackle. And we're playing 46. So when we play the 46 for the Eagle defense, every offensive lineman is basically covered. So we have our tackles uh, covering their center and, and our ends covering – their uh, tackles and guards, linebackers covering tight ends. So at times, Jerome Brown is one-on-one block. He would destroy the guards. So powerful, so quick. And then off the football field, he was really the glue that held us together, making sure we had camaraderie nights. So Thursday nights, we would all go to his crib and hang out and have a good time. Of course, you know, Reggie was Bible study, you know, on Wednesday nights. They were so different, but so similar and how they treasured loyalty, teammates, all those things. So Jerome Brown, what, what, a, what a tragedy in the summer going into our 1991 season, passed away uh, in a car accident. But he was loved. We would go down to his camps in uh, Florida. Everyone loved him. The sheriff would come out. All the teachers would come out. And he's a, a beloved figure wherever he went, and just really, really miss uh, Jerome Brown. But he's a split between like Warren Sapp. Uh, I think Warren probably was a little bigger than Jerome, but that's the kind of player that uh, Jerome
1: Brown was. And universally beloved. Everybody loved yeah. him. Eric Allen joining <laughs> us. So, Eric, like, we're just kind of going memory lane, but those teams were so fascinating. I'm curious. You mentioned yeah. Seth Joyner. Like, how does he fit in? Because I remember the first time I met Seth, and that dude was muscular, and that dude was intimidating. <laughs> and there was that story about how he used to lock her near the shower so that even as a teammate, if you didn't do your job or you didn't do what you are supposed to do, nobody wanted to pass by that guy. Like, how fierce <laughs> and intimidating... Am I wrong? How fierce and intimidating was uh, Seth?
0: Oh, uh, First of all, Jim, the locker room is not nearly like it is now in Philadelphia. No way. We were in the vet. And if you talk to any player who's played in the vet, they will have tremendous stories about the turf being uh, second base on the turf, all these <laughs> gaps. And then underneath the vet, there are these big rats, right? So you have to come walk in and out of the locker room to avoid the rats. And Seth was right at the entrance of the shower along with all the rats. So you had to have a great practice. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a Randall Cunningham, if you were Keith Byers, Keith Jackson, myself, Reggie, he's going to put you on blast if you're not playing well. And again, he came from Texas. I think with the UTEP and no one comes from UTEP and becomes a star in the national football league, but, but this between buddy Ryan, that great defense and him taking over being a very versatile player He became one of the best linebackers in the National Football League. Of course, he could tackle. Of course, he could sack. But his coverage ability was just tremendous. He reminded me of a Fred Warner type of football player. Very, again, very high IQ. And we all had to be uh, high IQ players playing with Philadelphia because we ran this system called Check With Me. So we would have to look at the offense in order for us to get in our defense. So if the offense was in some kind of trip formation where they ran a lot of uh, uh, deep routes out of that, we'd have a defense for that. And if they shifted, we didn't look to the sideline. We made the adjustments on the field ourselves. So we all had to be tuned in, keyed in. And Seth, of course, expected excellence, and we had to give that excellence. And that 91 season was just – Finishing number one across the board and Seth was a huge uh, component to all that because he was right in the middle of the field along with Byron Evans.
1: This stuff is so great. Eric Allen joining us. Eric, speaking of coverage, like you, you are one of the best corners I've ever seen. You are one of the smoothest corners I've ever seen. Given your dominance in the secondary, how much do you appreciate what my dude Darius Slay is doing along with James (laughs) Bradbury? What a godsend. Like, imagine this guy becoming available the way he did. What do you think of what these guys are doing with the Eagles this year in the defensive backfield?
0: Yeah, man. I-, I love those two guys. They're very confident about what they're doing. They have two different kind of styles. I think Bradbury does more. He's more of a, what we call a, uh, rele- press release. So he's going to let the receiver release and he's going to press him and try and stay on top where Slay is after the ball. He's one of those guys who, if you make a mistake, it's a tip or overthrow. He's going to be there. He really has a great understanding of route recognition route responsibility that's kind of like in my field so before the ball even snaps you're breaking down what the receiver is trying to do based on the formation and i think slay does one heck of a job in doing that and then processing information very quickly and making plays on the ball i just love those two and along with that outstanding pass rush They, man, they're set up to have some great runs here in the next couple of years and hopefully against the Chiefs.
1: So before you go, Eric, really quickly, what about, because you cover the Raiders, you spend a lot of time in the AFC West and you know the Chiefs really well. What do you do to try to limit the effectiveness of Travis Kelsey? In terms of scheme, what do you think the Eagles should do to try to slow him down? What can you do?
0: Oh man, I'm not sure if he can really do anything. Right. I just uh, reached out to Coach Reed a couple of days ago to, you know, congratulate him and make it the Super Bowl. And I had a conversation with him years ago about Patrick Mahomes. He just, again, said very high IQ, chip on his shoulder. I think all great players have to have that chip on your shoulder. And then Kelsey is a similar type of situation. They find so many ways to get him the football. And I expect he's going to do a lot of what he does against our guy, Max Crosby. Chip allow the linebackers to get that depth, and then Kelsey will turn around. It'll almost be like a tight end screen, giving ball, giving the ball quickly. And he's really great after the catch. He's not fast, he's not too explosive, but both him and Mahomes run at their own pace, and they're very slippery. They have a great side to side motion about him. Before you know it, Kelsey has seven or eight catches for 80-something yards, and then the red zone, he's practically unstoppable, those two together. So I hope that the Eagles have enough in gear, in plan, to be able to stop these two, particularly in the red zone.
1: So, Eric, really quickly, one last thought, and I so appreciate getting caught up with you. This is so much fun because you spend also so much time with the Raiders. I'm kind of curious, what happened in your mind with Derek Carr this year? Like, I really thought that Josh McDaniels would be so great for him. Ultimately, why do you think that Derek struggled this year and that things did not end up the way they should have or could have this year for him?
0: Yeah, big disappointment, Jim. We, We expected so much from this group. With all of the outstanding offensive players, and of course Josh coming over uh, from New England, I think the first thing is really the 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 play calling, the offensive system and set. This was maybe Derek's tenth time changing offenses. They wanted to have more of a a set receiver outside, maybe like a Randy Moss. But again, his best friend Da, he doesn't do that. He's an inside guy. So there was a lot of of of, of mismatching. When it comes down to play selection, players, and again, you you look at our tight end, who's outstanding in Waller. He didn't play for the whole season, basically, until the last part of the season. Hunter Renfro, another 1,000-yard type of receiver, banged up all year long. Josh had an incredible year in Jacobs, but it was never really a good marriage between D.C., Derek Carr, and the offensive system. And all year long, without all of those talented players playing, plus, a banged-up offensive line, you needed someone with a skill set that was more a mobile-style quarterback who could get outside the pocket because of the, the line up and down all year long, because of those uh, outstanding offensive players not being available every time. So Derek Carr, a pocket passer who the previous year led this football team to critical wins, got us to the playoffs, it just wasn't a system fit for this football team. Hopefully D.C. finds a team that has a system fit because he's an incredible leader, has great skill set for a team that's really going to focus on a drop-back system and have an outstanding line to protect him. It just wasn't the case for our football team last year. And then defensively, Jim, man, we were bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We were bad defensively. man. We just couldn't be a a consistent team that got out to the quarterback who stopped uh, big plays.
1: He played 14 years in the league. He is a six-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, a member of the Eagles Hall of Fame, a member of the Eagles' 75th and 75th anniversary team, and Eric Allen just made this show so much better. EA, it is so good to get caught up with you, dude. I appreciate you so much. That was so great, Eric. Thanks so much for doing that.
0: Hey, Jim, it's always great, man. I'm always listening to you, man. You're one of San Diego's own, man. So take care. of You man, are and, too, uh, dude. Hope to see you at the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I'll see you at the Super Bowl. You too, Eric. Good night, night.